Okay, real talk. This is a touchy subject for some, but both Shona and I feel like it's an important conversation to have. We all talk a lot about having beautiful social media feeds and how it's all nicely curated for specific looks and feels and ideally to attract clients and promote our work and get engagement. However, there is a right and a wrong way to go about doing it. And the wrong way, unfortunately, could cost you. And a lot of time, it's just not really fully understood. So today, we're talking about copyright. You're listening to the Nitty Gritty Podcast with Jen Gall and Shona Hutchings, where they discuss the nitty gritty of creative entrepreneurship. This is episode 16 of the Nitty Gritty Podcast. We are back, friends. (laughs) (laughs) And we're getting into the nitty gritty of copyright today. Take it on over, Shona. Okay, so what is copyright specifically in Canada? So every country is going to kind of have their own definition of what copyright is. Um, Because we're both businesses located in Canada, we're going to talk about the ones um, that we have here. So in simplest terms, copyright literally means the right to copy. In general, it means that you have the sole right to produce or reproduce any work or a substantial part of a work. So whether if it's not the full work, um, it's a large part of it. Uh, And that means in any form. So it makes it illegal to copy any form of original work without the permission of the of the artist or the author. And these rights apply even if the work doesn't contain a statement saying that the work is copyrighted. So generally, um, people can go about applying for copyright through um, different government websites, but you don't have to to have copyright. And the general rule also applies to downloading information from the internet or using software. So everything basically you come across is copyrighted by an original artist. And I just wanted to talk about, because sometimes people confuse copyright with other forms of intellectual property protection. Um, So I want to discuss at least three of them today. So copyright specifically provides protection for literary, artistic, dramatic, musical works, um, which include even things made on the computer. Other subject matter, such as performances, sound recordings, like what we're doing right now on the podcast, and communication signals. So think like photographs, the written words, songs, etc. Then there's patents. Patents are a little bit different because they cover new and useful inventions. So things like product compositions, um, machine processes, or any new or useful improvement to an existing invention. So uh, the, the iPhone, for example, would have a patent or drone technology, 3D printing, the, the self-driving car. All of those would have patents and you would, ha- you would be impeding on a patent if you were to try also, and copy pat- them. And then the last one is... me laugh a little yeah. bit because just with like all of the content that's out there, it's like so hard to get a patent for something that's like proprietary to whatever it is you're creating. And they're so <laughs> freaking expensive. So it's like, And that's why you'll also see a lot of the time things say patent pending. Always, because yeah. they come up with this like useful invention, but they have to get the patent for it for it to actually be, be their own. Right. And yes, they're very expensive. They're so expensive. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, no, it's okay. It's a, good, it's a good point. The last one is um, trademarks. So trademarks are a combination of words or sounds or even designs used to distinguish goods or services of one person or organization. So these are things like commercial jingles. So if you think of like the McDonald's jingle, everybody knows it. That is a trademark of McDonald's. No one else can use it. 
Um, slogans would be the same kind of a thing and logos. So you wouldn't be able to go on the internet and download a logo of, let's say, a sports team and then use it on something and sell it. Like that would be an infringement of trademark. The same would go for like if you're um, improperly using, uh, I know a lot of people have links to social media sites on their website. So think places like Pinterest or Facebook or Instagram will have specific media guidelines um, where they say, this is how you can use our logo. And if you do that improperly on your website to redirect to one of those social media sites, you would be infringing on their trademark. So just make sure that you read those carefully because you can get into some mm -hmm. trouble if you, if you don't use them properly. That's also one of the reasons why all the logos that we create, like we don't use templates. We don't have like six logos that we recycle and just change a few things. Like every single logo that we create mm -hmm. is specific to that business or to that brand. Um, and they all right. have like, they all have meanings and stories behind them. And so it honestly, like it drives me nuts when those, like you just get like a template logo created. Even, I mean, if yeah. you buy them, I totally get it. And I understand that there's like a price point that comes into question as well. Um, but I think, yeah, doing logos or something, I, I think that are important to have done professionally. Well, I think if you want to specifically trademark your logo, you probably would need an original. Oh yeah. An original there's, work. there's definitely no way you could buy something off of like the creative market and like no hit on the creative market. I absolutely love the creative market is basically like an Etsy for design pieces. And I absolutely mm -hmm. love that website. Um, I get their newsletter every week. Um, but I think it's one of those things that, I mean, I'm totally biased. Like I own a design studio, so <laughs> total bias here. Um, but I just thought it. I mean, we're both, we're both going to be a little bit biased talking about copyright in general. We both are creative Yeah, people, that's so. very true. And maybe that's, and that's probably right. an important thing to note here that like, I think the fact that, you know, Shona and I, it's no secret that we have our backgrounds um, and that we both have creative businesses. So this is something that I think is like really uh, important to us. And we see it a lot happen and we've both been affected by copyright issues. So I think it's one of those things that mm -hmm. if we get saucy. <laughs> <laughs> I should note though, it's a lot of the, although we might be biased in terms of how important copyright is, um, because we are creative businesses and it's things that are important to us, I should note that all of the information that we're providing on here um, is truthful information. So you'll you'll see mm -hmm. at some point we're gonna we're gonna read verbatim some of the things that are on on different websites in terms of copyright. Um, but you should know we're not coming up with the information. It, it is researched, and um, I mean it's it's lawful. Um, like legal information from the Canada website. So just keep that in mind as we, as we go through. Yeah. And we'll, we'll let you know when it's, uh, when we're speaking verbatim from a site or um, a social media platform. And of course, everything will be in the show notes on our websites. So you can kind of jump on there if you want to dive even more into it or are shocked about something that we're talking about and you just want to get uh, more insight into it as well. So what does copyright protect in Canada? So specifically, copyright protects literary works, such as books, pamphlets, blogs, for example, I think is a huge one, um, recipes, computer programs, and other works consisting of text, uh, dramatic works, such as motion, motion picture films, plays, screenplays, and scripts. So like for motion picture films, that's why you see all the time like people can't 
um, like show the video or the movie in someone's backyard and charge for entrance. Um, mm-hmm. You see that, that, that gigantic green screen that pops up. <laughs> Before, yeah, well. same. yeah you can't obviously make money like there would obviously be a license that a cinema would be able to charge or like a theater yeah but. exactly but I think that has that's like a basically a different version of like limited copyright mm-hmm, sure. um so musical works such as compositions with or without words um artistic works such as paintings drawings maps photographs ding 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 uh, sculptures, textile works and plans, and then sound recordings, such as this podcast, for example. Mm-hmm. The last one there, communication signals. That basically means like anything transmitted over radio waves. So uh, if you were to like turn on the radio in your car and you were to listen to a talk show um, on the radio, or if you listen to like, a, I don't know, like a specific countdown type show that is technically covered under copyright so like ryan oh. seacrest top 40 is is copywritten oh that's i mean that makes sense mm-hmm. but i guess i'm just never thought oh, of it yeah. that way mm-hmm. so jen when is a work considered copyrighted then it is considered copyrighted as soon as it's created so you create something and it is co- it's copyrighted friends that's it yeah so an author or an, an artist has automatic copyright, which means that no one can, um, sorry, which means one does not have to apply for an official slip of paper declaring copyright. Right. So, so I don't have to go, like you, you have the option to go to the government and ask for that copyright paper, but it means I don't have to go and get that to have copyright. I also think it's like so unrealistic. Like there's, there's just no way, especially for photography, you're going to go get a slip of oh, yeah. paper for every single photo. Like that's insane. Of course not. Also yeah. that should just, we'll get into why you shouldn't have to <laughs> in a little bit, but um, so for example, the moment we press record for this podcast, this podcast is considered copyrighted. So mm-hmm. as, as for Shona, for example, like as soon as you touch the shutter button on your camera, that photograph is copyrighted, whether or not like, you give it to a client or whatever, whatever is going on contract between you and the client, it, you have ownership of that piece of work. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just the way it is. Friend. I should, yeah. I should also mention to have copyright on your work. You don't have to declare that you have copyright on a work. So you know, that little like C in the mm-hmm. circle um, that some people put next to their photographs or next to things like their website design or whatever you legally don't have to put that um, in order to claim copyright and you don't have to have a piece of paper saying that you've applied for copyright to use that C. So you can use it if you want to for, for free. You don't need to apply or pay for anything to use that symbol, um, but you don't have to put it there to be covered. I think that goes, that goes to say as well, like that's why people add watermarks to their photos, right? So it's like... Mm-hmm. That, that they own it and there's no way that it can be distributed without acknowledging who the artist was or who the photographer was or who the creator is. But at the same time, like that's also sometimes unrealistic to be able to do for if you're shooting a ton of photos. Like, there's no way we could do that ever. Endless. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, there there is like, um, if you edit your photos through Lightroom, you can create actually like a PNG watermark that you can, when you're exporting your photos, you can put over top of them. The only thing is like, 
I, as a photographer, don't want to cover all of my images with a watermark. Like some of them you see, if you like go on Google, you can search different photos and they'll have like these cross hatch hairs all over the picture. And then it'll say like Shutterstock really big. One, I mean, you can see the photo, but it kind of impedes like the artistic, like visual of of the work by putting that all over the place so sometimes instead a photographer will put just like a little watermark in the corner claiming it as their own but then I mean people sometimes just crop it out which is horrible do it, yeah it happens and if, if you're not yeah like if you don't put it all over the photograph and people can just like photoshop it out or crop it out anybody who's like savvy with those kind of things so I, you can't you can do it right. um you shouldn't have to is basically what what copyright is, is saying like, you don't, you don't have to put it there to claim it as a copyright. So um, how long does copyright last? Um, this is probably <laughs> a popular topic, but in Canada, um, the author or artist of a protected work under copyright, this is kind of some legal jargon here, but you're, you're covered until the last calendar day, 50 years after the death of the artist or the or the author. Um, and that goes with, if you're working, let's say you and someone else create something together, it would be 50 years after the death of the last person who passed away. So basically it's like on December 31st, 50 years postmortem of the last person to have created that work. It's a little bit different if the work is created by, um, a corporation. So if you are considered to be a corporation and you create a photograph, it's actually only 50 years from the day that you create that photograph. However, there's not a lot of corporations out there. Usually they're hiring creative people like artists yeah, or freelancers or whatever to create the work for them. They contract it out. So you, the general rule is 50 years after death of the person who created Jesus. it <laughs> is how long you, yeah, it's how long you're protected. So it's a long time. So even after like someone dies, they're still covered. So their family could technically go after someone for using, using their work without permission. Damn. Yeah. So why, why should we appreciate copyright as a business? Why is it important um, to understand and what, like what kind of like the business have rights over? So the copyright owner has the right to do four things um, with whatever it is they're creating and their exclusive rights. So they can reproduce the copyrighted work. Um, they can display the copyrighted work publicly, including online. So that includes on social media. You see that a lot on websites. So they have like portfolios or, um, you know, they just like, they mm-hmm. use the images as a part of their website or again, like on social media. Um, yeah. You know what's super weird? I just want to interrupt before you move on to the third one is like, I, as a photographer, take a lot of photos for different businesses, like in in London. Um, but I don't know why. I I almost feel, even though I have the right to do it, sometimes I feel like weird posting like photos of, of other people's work. But it doesn't mean just because I don't always do it doesn't mean I don't have the right to do right. it. And, and that's something. Yeah, stipul- that you don't even have to stipulate this in your contract, but. Um, it is stipulated in mind that I have ex- like rights. Yeah, to- we have it in ours too for any of our design stuff, but I can totally relate to what you're talking to. What ends mm-hmm. up happening is like, so I always have like when I'm doing a shoot, sometimes I'll have like the second photographer there and I'll actually ask her to like grab a couple behind the scenes shots. Um, mm-hmm. And those are actually the ones I would use. I find sometimes it's a little awkward to 
it's like why like I'm not a, like specifically a photography business so it would be weird to have like a client's photo I also saw this on someone else who posted on Instagram and it was like they were using the pronoun I and it was like I did this today and like this is how xyz and this is how I felt but it was a photo of a lady who she had taken the photograph of right so yes. I was like I'm so confused like I know who is in that photo and it's not you <laughs> Well, that has to do with like visual literacy. Like a lot of people, since we see images first and then read text, sometimes we associate the text with the image. And if it doesn't yeah, match, it just gets, it gets a little, a little confusing. confusing. So I can, I totally know what you're talking about. And again, like there's no yeah. right or wrong way to do any of that. And I totally get like, as a photographer, whether you're comfortable with it or not, like why that would be the case. I just like, for me, it, it doesn't click. <laughs> but Okay, number three. Number three, yeah. So prepare derivative works. So for example, like remakes or reboots. So Jurassic Park, for example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All about those. Um, or any, okay, I'm a horror movie buff. So like any horror movie remakes, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, by the way. Um, and distribute copies such as prints. So for example, like we could create something and then recreate it as like a print or for sale rental or lending of the work so um I find you see that a lot like if someone was to well maybe not for like custom work I don't know I'm thinking more of like someone who creates prints yeah like for me for photograph for example if I take a picture of something and then like I want to sell that picture I would have the right to do that right and okay that, that means and I would be the the like only person who would be allowed to make money off of the sale of that image as the copyright owner oh hells yeah 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 sometimes I have that like ongoing debate in my head in regards to like design stuff but Mm -hmm. it's a whole other conversation um (laughs) so these four things so reproduction displaying derivative works and distributing copies are not allowed by someone who does not have ownership or copyright unless it is stimulated in the contract given to you by the owner. Um, and I think that's really important to note. So first of all, you should have a contract from... <laughs> We've said that so many times. So many times. I, we could probably, and we're probably going to say it again at some other point. Um, but you mm-hmm. should have a contract as the business owner, but as the person who is also, whether purchasing the service or getting um having something created like there should be a contract given to you because I think it goes both ways like you should have an understanding as to what rights you have and what rights are given to you so that you're not violating anything and it doesn't come back and bite you in the ass for sure so it goes, um, usually, it goes both ways. yeah usually in a contract when we talk about copyright you'll if you're working with a creative business usually get something called limited copyright ownership right. which we had mentioned earlier and in in this case the person who owns the exclusive right to copyright will will stipulate what you're allowed to do. And that's like the portion where clients really need to read over and make sure they understand. And if they don't understand, make sure you ask the question because like you said, you don't want to like ignorant, you don't want to have ignorance to, to it. But um, if, if you end up going against it, you could end up voiding your contract and losing your work with your, the person that you've hired. So yeah, as, sure, yeah. as the as the individual who would be giving the contract, so as the business owner, I will like stipulate it in the email that I send them that like mm-hmm. overviews everything. And it's like, these are the key things that you should be looking over. Um, 
And I recently um on my Instagram like made a highlight on my feed. Yeah, that I just kind of summarized the main parts of brand photography from my contract just because I felt like sometimes I mean contracts are long sometimes and people don't always like you should always read anything <laughs> that you're signing. I don't know, I don't feel like I really need to say this, but it's important that you read contracts before you sign because sometimes they are not in the benefit of the client and you have to make sure that you understand that. Um, and if you, if you just sign on the dotted line without reading anything, you can end up being um, like gone after and not, that's not really the right word, but you could end up um, getting in trouble for some things that you didn't even realize, like we said before. But on mine, I just kind of summarized on my highlight on my Instagram, um, some of the key points. So I just color coded some of the things I really want people to be aware of. Um, and I just tried to make sure that it's in language, like it's called layman right. language, but basically language that anybody would be able to understand without a law degree. Because sometimes, sometimes contracts that you sign, I don't know if anybody has recently read a mortgage contract or... Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, they are just in depth and very, um, that's why everybody has to hire a, a lawyer, obviously, when you're... Oh yeah, we got one. <laughs> But they're in depth and there's a lot of like legal jargon and things that you may not understand with a lot of like, there's vocabulary at the beginning saying like, this means this, this means this. And if you don't read that first before going into it anyway, so just read them. Yeah, that's it. That's all we're going with that. As a business, make sure they're clear enough that uh, your clients can understand them. Okay. So the next part, um, where does this come into play when it comes to social media or our website, because really that's what we're interested in here. Um, mm -hmm. As we said in the beginning, people want to have beautiful feeds, which is great. And that's fine. If you, if you want to do that, just do it properly. So we've been seeing more and more of these beautiful feeds. They have like color stories and curated images and everything, but the problem lies in people that use images that they didn't create themselves. So um, you cannot post photographs or written works to your website, for example, without permission. So you can't just like go on the internet and find a picture, like a stock image, let's say, of something, download it to your computer and then put it up. Um, if it's a stock image website where you've paid for the license, that's fine. Uh, but if you just go and find something random and you haven't paid for anything, you haven't asked anybody anything, you obviously, you can't do that. And even if you like add a line identifying the source of the photo, so even if you say, I got this photo from here, you, it's not good enough to, um, to claim it as your own or to post it on your website without permission. So if you think about, you remember in like high school English <laughs> class when your teacher was threatening you with plagiarism, saying oh. if you make sure you use MLA to cite your sources correctly, um, uh, otherwise like you would get in trouble and maybe get a zero on your paper. The difference with copyright versus like um, your, your high school English teacher is you can't even use that source unless you have permission to use it first. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I also so, would like to add yeah. to that, especially like as a, so there's two things I, I'm sure I've mentioned one of them before is that if you're using someone else's image on your website or on social media from a brand standpoint, that just falls flat. Like mm -hmm. it typically it's very hard to find photos that are on brand for who you are as like as a business I see sometimes it's quite a bit easier as like a personal Instagram um mm -hmm. is there's a bit more of 
uh, leeway there. But as like a business, it's so challenging to find, to find, quote unquote, um, and use uh, photos that aren't on brand for your business. And not to mention, friends, it is very hard to go to someone and say, hey, you need to pay me for X, Y, Z when you're not even investing in your own business. Whether it's photos, whether someone is writing copy for you, whether someone's actually creating, whatever it is, if you are not putting a value in, or if you're not adding value to your business and like paying for things, like how the, how the heck are you ever going to ask? Why? Why should someone pay you for something that you're stealing? Infringing on copyright is, is essentially stealing. So um, I do want to mention, actually, because I, I don't know that I have this in any of our talking notes here, Jen, but um, you don't have to be using an image to gain profit for it to be an infringement of copyright. So I'll, I'll word that differently. You do not have to post an image. Let's say if I'm posting an image in advertising, like I'm advertising something and I end up making money off of that, even though the image originally wasn't mine that's an infringement of copyright. But if I, as a personal Instagram, just really like a photo and I want to post it on my page, I'm not making money off of that photo. It's still an infringement of copyright. So I think a lot of people think that they're only infringing on copyright if they end up making money off of something, but that's not actually the case. So I just wanted to make sure I put that out there. Totally valid. Yeah. So I know... Like Jen, you mentioned that you've had um, some of your stuff taken. I definitely have. And I've, I recently just posted on an Instagram story just about copyright, just trying to open the conversation because I don't think that people are doing it. Well, not <laughs> everyone. Obviously, there are some people, but I would say the majority of people are not infringing on copyright on social media right. maliciously. Like they're not doing it on purpose. They just really don't understand it. So I just wanted to put it out there to address the issue. Um, usually I just address accounts personally when this happens, I message them directly. We figure something out, whether um, I ask them to take it down or I just say like, hey, in the future, like, please ask, etc." I'm very civil about it. I'm never attacking people. Um, but I recently just posted about it in my story because it's it's been an issue and I just think a lot of people don't, don't know about it. So I wanted to put into perspective um, what copyright is uh especially based on some of the dms i was getting after after i took it out with a lot of people being like i didn't even realize or like oh that's not what it is or whatever so the conversation's out there now um it's also not unusual for people to think that if it's on the internet or if it's on social media that it's fair game um however that's not the case so remember before when jen said that there was four things to appreciate about copyright one of them is the author's choice to display their work publicly. So I, as a photographer, for example, have the right to put my photo on social media without the fear of it being taken by someone else. Now, just because you can see something online doesn't mean you can take it. So I, I, I came up with this analogy because I was trying to figure out an interesting way to describe this to people because I think it's hard in the like social network, um, internet age that we're in. It's hard to really understand that when something's in front of you on the screen and it's so accessible now that you can't just have it. So this analogy is about walking into a museum. So I just basically say you walk into a museum and you see a beautiful painting displayed on the wall and you really love it and it totally matches your aesthetic. So you decide <laughs> to steal it and take it home. 
Yeah. However, you don't like the frame that it's displayed in. So you decide to change it out for a more modern frame and you create a new backstory for the work because you didn't like the original backstory it came with. And then you post it in your main entrance um, or you put it up on the wall in your main entrance so everyone who comes into your house can see it. And when they do, you quickly go, this is the original artist. And then you take your coat, their coats and invite them into your house. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you think I about totally, it, yeah. I totally read that. And hearing you say it out loud was the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's basically, if you think about like taking another artist's work. So first of all, the original artist's intention for the work was for it to be displayed in a gallery or museum. So the fact that you like took it out of that original posting place, you've infringed on their, you've infringed on their copyright. You've also um, changed the frame. So the frame that they chose, there would, there would have been some sort of intention or reason for the frame that it's displayed in. So by changing it, um, you're changing the author's work, uh, essentially. Um, and <clears throat> I'm not really sure how you even got past security <laughs> with the artwork to be at home, but anything you do, yeah, anything you do, whether you take it or display it in a different place or you change it or anything like that, it's an infringement of our artist copyright. So if you think about it in terms of this analogy, um, when we think about taking images or work off the internet, if you take someone's photograph and post it on a website or a social media feed and make edits or adjustments or change the caption, you're not holding copyright. So an artist like should be able to display their work publicly without the fear of it being taken. Um, because if they can't do that, I'm not really sure how creative uh, businesses would ever get noticed. So I, I, for example, should be able to put something on my Instagram without fear that, I don't know, like you, Jen, I'm just going to use you because I don't yeah, want to anybody else, but like without fear that you're going to take it and do whatever you want with it and post it somewhere else. I'm going to steal all your shit. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I made a similar analogy, which is probably an easier way to do it. You can't walk into a brick and mortar store and go take a shirt off the shelf and put it on your body and walk out without permission, without paying for it. And then just be like, oh yeah, totally. I love this shirt. I got it from so-and-so. Like it doesn't make it less illegal. <laughs> you still stole the shirt. Just telling people where you got it from doesn't make it okay. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said too, especially about like the art one, like, mm -hmm. I mean, either, okay, someone, someone spent time creating that shirt. Someone spent time making that art piece, deciding mm -hmm. the frame it was going to be in putting a caption, whatever, whatever piece it is, you know, like on this podcast, we've talked about what behind the scenes looks like, you know, what kind of tools we use, what we have had to invest in, what our days mm -hmm. look like. And it's like, all of that leads to these creative pieces, these pictures, these designs, um, a, a product that someone has created, like all of a, a name, whatever it is, a podcast, We've all put time into it. And I think just, you know, throwing that aside and saying, oh, well, it's on social media. Oh, well, it's on Google. I can just use it. That's what it's for. Like, that's bullshit, straight up. Like, there's no other way to say that. I think it's so disrespectful to the creative industry to say that that it's, you know, that that's just not even considered anymore when and it's mm -hmm. and I think because now it's so easy and it's so accessible that mm -hmm. it's almost like again like you said right there's nothing I truly don't think most people think of it in a malicious way um mm -hmm. as god I hope no one thinks of it in a malicious way but I think that there is like 
an understanding that's not there. Um, and it, it can, yeah, it can be even, even something as simple as putting, like we recently posted, um, like one of our pictures with like color behind it or like, I don't know, a couple of fonts or something. I don't know, whatever it was, but even something like that, like takes time. Like from my perspective, like Mm -hmm. if I'm paying someone to create something that's also now my hard earned money and my employees hard earned time, hard earned time, my, my employees time, like, I don't know. I'm going into this like super detailed, but basically what I'm saying is like, I think, I don't think we should be disregarding how much time and effort someone has taken into something just because it's on social media or on the web. Mm -hmm. I also want to say, um, even if you're not doing maliciously or like, like taking things that are copywritten, um, on purpose, being ignorant of the law doesn't stop you from getting charged. Actually. So like, if you don't, yeah, like if you don't know that it's not okay to drink and drive and you go out and drink and drive and the police stop you and you get charged for drinking and driving and you go, oh my gosh, I had no idea it was illegal. They don't care. You still get a ticket. You still get your license taken away. So there is, you can't be ignorant of the law. And that's basically what we're trying to say here is we don't think people are necessarily doing it on purpose. However, you should be informed of what is allowed and what isn't allowed. So with that being said, isn't that what Instagram's all about, Jen? Sharing and reposting images? Uh, yes and no. So we have a couple of quotes here verbatim from the Instagram website. And Instagram does encourage their users to post photographs. That's really, that's what it's for, right? Like it is for posting photos. And mm-hmm. they do encourage, you know, that curated, that beautiful content, that beautiful content whether it's in stories or on your feed, but their terms of use and their community guidelines state specifically, and this is verbatim, I'm, I'm reading it. You can only post content to Instagram if it doesn't violate the intellectual property rights of another party. And the best way to help make sure that the content you post to Instagram doesn't violate copyright law is to only post content that you've created yourself. Right. And that's right off the Instagram website. So the terms of service or the terms of use and community guidelines, you guys are like, you know, when you sign up for Instagram and you have, they have that like really, I don't know, small font thing that you have to like agree to before you can actually use the app that no one ever reads it's in there. So we will have the link for this, um, in our show notes as well. If you want to actually read the community (laughs) guidelines in terms of use, um, in terms of copyright on Instagram, but by by signing up for the app, you've legally agreed to the fact that you are not going to impede on those rights of our intellectual property rights of people. And that to make sure that you do that, they encourage you to only post content that you've created. Not They actually don't encourage reposting. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then that like that being said, that there might be some opportunities for you to repost or use someone else's content on Instagram. But I think what's key here is that you've gotten their permission first. Um, Mm -hmm. For example, like you've gotten a license um, through any of those like stock photography websites, or, you know, if you're buying a photo from someone um, or honestly, if you just reach out to them and say, Hey, 
can I get permission to use this photo or let, or however you plan on using it? Um, mm-hmm. Instagram does not help you get permission in any way um, to use copyrighted yeah. work. So, you know what I find really funny is like, it's really simple. So I reached out to like Chelsea King. So the girl that does um, the scrunchies mm-hmm. and because I was, I did a blog post like a long time ago about like, I think it was like minimalist waste like my goal for 2018 was to have a minimal waste and one of the things I was planning on doing um was saying goodbye to like broken hair elastics so instead I was investing in scrunchies and those kind of things and at the same time she was doing a giveaway so I I just wrote her and I said like hey I really like this image and I plan on like talking about your scrunchies and this is before like a lot of people were starting to make them in London Um, so now I'm buying more locally which is helping with my waste even more but um, I just wrote her and I said, like, hey, like, I really like this image. I'm going to be talking about your stuff on on my Instagram and on my blog post. Would you mind if I use this image? And she goes, yeah, no problem. Like, it's not that hard to be like, hey, I really like this. Would you mind? I mean, the most you're going to get like three different answers. One is going to be no problem. Go ahead. The other one's going to be, yes, you can use it, but I expect this. So whether that be payment or or license agreement or whatever, the other thing you're going to get is no, you cannot. None of those are like horrible answers. It's just those are basically the three. So I, I don't know why people don't ask permission because it's really quite quite simple. And those are really the only three responses that you probably could get from asking permission to use content. And I've done it. I've used other people's content on my feed when I was before I even really got into a lot of brand photography. I was just kind of doing blogging, but it's so simple. And <laughs> every time I say anything is simple, I always just giggle because of your <laughs> your business name Jen. <laughs> something simple. It's so simple and it you could get no a no answer from 10 people and then get a yes answer from the 11th person like just just ask around or create your own content basically and I will Instagram. tell you like most people say yes yeah like I it's not it's not often that I get a no and when I get a no I just say yeah no problem like thanks for letting me know um I as a photographer has said yes on many occasions the only time I say no is if where it's getting posted I don't agree with ethically right exactly Uh, so like whatever they're promoting I'm just like no I'm not for that or if it's like going on to a feed that doesn't match like my personal aesthetic and my name's going to get attached to it then like then I say no but I, I usually usually if people ask me permission I say yes not all the time but I would say the majority of the time, if, if you've come to me and you said, hey, can I use this? I really like it. Um, another exception, I guess, was, would be if they ask me to use a photo that I've taken for another right. business. In that case, I would say no, because I, I those people have paid me, obviously, for the use of that work. And by allowing someone else, I've now broken the contract that I have with yeah, those people. We do that even for our clients. Like We have a, a client that like they're, they get a, um, we follow like their hashtag and a lot of people use it at events. Um, and so mm-hmm. whenever that's happening, I always like, you know, I basically send that photo to them and I'm like, Hey, like we love this photo. Do you mind if we use it? Um, or you see that sometimes when it's like a brand that you've tagged in the photo with pro- realistically with hopes that they're going to respond to you in some way. Um, Mm-hmm. And then they will actually like comment in your comments and say, hey, if you don't mind if we use this photo, use this hashtag. You see that yep. a lot. And th- that's the same thing, right? They're asking for your permission to do this without, you know, mm-hmm. they won't, they're not sending it to you in a private message, but 
realistically what they're doing is they're just following that hashtag and they just go into that hashtag and just use those photos. <laughs> yeah, they're essentially like making sure that they're covering their butts through copyright. So as soon as you turn around and use that hashtag in writing, you've now agreed to the fact that they can repost yeah, your image. Exactly. But they're like, it's, it's, it's a, they're always huge companies. I think Urban Outfitters does it. Um, oh shoot, I can't remember the last one. There's one that recently did it, but um, I've had like Home Sense yeah. and like um, a lot of like the home places, I guess. Uh, home Sense. Who else was there? Oh, what's the one? Uh, but not Bed Bath and Beyond. Linen Chest. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Struck Tube does it. Like, there's a lot of like, there's tons like a bunch of fashion. Um, businesses and there's there's tons and tons and tons I think I had Nordstrom do it so it's out there it's just I mean those companies obviously don't want to get sued either (laughs) so they're just covering their butts by asking permission maybe not in a DM they're doing it publicly but either way so before you post content to Instagram these are the the kind of questions you want to ask yourself did I create all the content myself that includes the photo and the actual text so text Mm -hmm. is also copyrighted um does my use of the content fall within an exception to the copyright so fair use which we'll we'll get into a little bit later but is the content protected by copyright so is it um an idea or public domain work um yeah all those all those later but I think it's also important to ask yourself like Oh, I always like, I always get like a gut feeling. It's like, oh, like, should I be posting this? Or like, is this okay? Um, and just because someone doesn't get back to you does not mean that it's allowed. To, <laughs> you're allowed to post it. Um, yeah. You need um, consent. <laughs> consent you have to have someone's consent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Facebook. Um, okay, so everybody knows, I'm sure by now, that Instagram is owned by Facebook. So you can assume that their um, user agreements and and uh, stipulation on copyright is very similar. Something, um, this is again verbatim from the Facebook website, so I'm just going to read it to you. But they make a couple distinctions only because you can kind of share more um, content on Facebook. So different types of things, not just like photos and videos and captions. Uh, So there's a little bit more in depth. So verbatim from the Facebook website, it says the best way to help make sure that you post to Facebook, um, I'm making sure that it doesn't violate copyright law, is to only post content that you've created yourself. So obviously there's a pattern between the two. Um, It's possible to infringe on someone else's copyright when you post their content to Facebook, even if you. So this is the list that Facebook comes up with. So you could be infringing on copyright even if you bought or downloaded the content. So they give the example of a song from iTunes, uh, recorded the content onto your own recording device. So example, a song playing in the background during a party or a concert, sporting event or wedding. Um, And then you go ahead and post that on Instagram. You could be infringing on copyright. Um, One that I want to really mention here is you could be infringing on copyright even if you gave credit to the original copyright owner. So just saying this belongs to this person and then posting it on your Facebook doesn't make it okay. Um, You can be infringing on copyright even if you include a disclaimer that you didn't mean to (laughs) infringe on copyright. Oh my God. Um, You didn't intend to profit from it. So even if you don't make money off of it, you could still be infringing on it. Um, Another one is even if you 
modified the work or added your own original material to it, found the content available on the internet, even if you saw that others have posted the same content as well, and even if you said it's um, for use of fair use. So even if you do all of those things, it's very possible that you could be infringing on copyright if you did not create the content yourself. So they make it very clear um, in their um, copyright kind of agreement there on Facebook as to what you should be doing. So their tips to posting content are really similar to Instagram. So they say like before you post to Facebook, you may want to ask yourself, did you create all the content yourself? Do you have permission to use all the content that you've included in your post? Um, does your content fall under the exception of copyright infringement, which will, again, we'll talk about fair use and public domain later. And is content protected by copyright, for example, is it a short phrase idea or public domain work? So basically go through all of those steps. Um, another thing about copyright at Facebook is they say under their terms of service and um, community standards that you can only post to Facebook if you don't violate someone else's intellectual property rights. So exactly the same as, as Instagram. Um, when you sign into Facebook and you sign up for like free use of their site, you have to agree to this. So you can't say, oh, I had no idea. Well, you, you said okay because you're using the app. So um, basically you, you have no choice but to follow their guidelines. And then they also mention that um, they will not help you get permission to use copyrighted work. So the Facebook will not go out of their way to make sure that you're not breaking the law. You have to do that yourself. Or, you know, you could just create your own content. <laughs> yeah, or just, or just create your own. Yeah, or hire someone to create it. Yeah, or just hire us. Yeah, there you go. Done. <laughs> okay. So um, what about Pinterest, Jen? Surely I've seen a lot, a lot of Pinterest images circulating, so it must be allowed. Um, oh my gosh, this is like my biggest pet peeve imaginable, especially on Instagram. Um, when I see on Instagram, someone has very clearly posted a photo that was on Pinterest, but all they do is put at Pinterest. Okay, yeah, I don't know the last time Pinterest like took photographs. Right? I'm pretty sure that they're like a search engine. When when did that happen? Because <laughs> yeah. I want to get on that. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. That that to me never made sense. And then they almost like tried to hide it too whenever I saw it. It was always like at the very bottom of everything. Mm-hmm. But again, this is verbatim from Pinterest's website where it says Pinterest respects the intellectual property rights of others. And we expect people on Pinterest to do the same. It's our policy in appropriate circumstances and at our discretion to disable or terminate the accounts of people who repeatedly infringe or are repeatedly charged with infringing copyrights or other intellectual mm -hmm. property rights. Now, that being said, I have actually received emails that, specifically state that hey we have had to remove one of your pins not one that I've created but one that I have pinned from someone else because it infringed copyright mm -hmm. so it's it's not this isn't just you know out there for people to read like they actually act on it mm -hmm. um, and they take action like I, when I say emails like I wouldn't say they're countless but every once in a while I'll get an email um, and it'll, you can actually like you know open it and it'll show you which one was removed mm-hmm the other thing I should mention too, before you go on to about how they can use it, um, most of these websites, they have some something in place where they will take it down if they notice it happening. But there also is always an option for the creator of the work to report copyright infringement. Mm -hmm. 
So there is um, that on on Instagram. It's on Facebook and you can also find it on Pinterest. And we can add that to the show notes um, as well in case in all of them saying if, if you have noticed your work being um, copied or used without your permission, you can actually go onto the app um, and they are usually pretty quick about taking it down actually, as soon mm-hmm. as you, as soon as you report it. Yeah. So don't be afraid to report things if it's, if it doesn't, uh, I mean, if you want to be nice about it, you should probably just go to the person first and just say like, Hey, like you don't have permission to use it. And most people, like I said, they're not doing it maliciously. So they'll just be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And they'll take it down or it opens a conversation being like, Hey, I don't mind if you use it, but right. you need to do these things or, Hey, you used it. So I, um, would like this kind of like um, amount of money for it or whatever. Like it opens some sort of a conversation that you can have. But um, if if all else fails or if you don't want to have that conversation, there is the other option to just go right to the app and be like, hey. Mm-hmm. I, find, I find Pinterest is a little bit more challenging to have that communication because it's, mm-hmm. it's not one of those like it's no, it's harder to find the original person. Yeah, it's it's much, much more challenging. So I find it's that point I've I've I have reported stuff before so I just do it it's like yeah so I it's one of those things Mm -hmm. um so for posting content basically if you post content on your content if you post your content on Pinterest it still belongs to you so that includes the content itself so the images uh comments links and other materials um Anything that you make available on Pinterest, it's referred to as user content, which means that you still have all the rights and are responsible for the content Mm -hmm. you post on Pinterest. So if there was anything um, like nudity, profanity, um, oh my goodness, a list of one, violence, yeah, um, harmful, anything like that, like you are responsible for those for that content. So just be, be weary of that, but at the same time, like know that it's going to be taken down. Um, Mm -hmm. so the next piece that I think is probably the more important one. Um, now we kind of understand what our content is used for on Pinterest, but how others can use your content. So this one I actually found really interesting because the first section can be a little bit misleading. So it's really the last sentence or the last piece of the sentence that is very, very important. So again, I'm going to read it verbatim. Um, So you grant Pinterest and our users a non-exclusive, and this is a lot of jargon, so I apologize, a non-exclusive, royalty-free, transferable, sub-licensable, worldwide license to use, store, display, reproduce, save, modify, create derivative works, perform, and distribute distribute your user content. And this is the important part. Then you're like, oh crap, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. On Pinterest, solely for the purposes of operating, developing providing and using Pinterest. What that means basically is that you can't just take shit and then repurpose it for yourself. (laughs) So if you post your content on Pinterest, oh, okay. So (laughs) I have to laugh at this because this is also verbatim from Pinterest and I just love it because this is why I love this platform. If you post your content on Pinterest, we can show it to people and others can save it on Pinterest 
don't post porn or spam or be a jerk to other people on Pinterest. <laughs> yeah, I love, <laughs> I love their more simply put sections. because Yeah, it's just, so basically what they're saying is that if you're posting something on Pinterest, that other people can use it and repin it and can save it on Pinterest, but that's it. It doesn't mean that they can take it and then repost it on social media and it belongs to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Pinterest does not own your content. Um, Other people cannot just search for things and save it um, and use it as their own content. It is meant to be on Pinterest solely for the purposes um, of using and providing on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. That's not to say like, Based on what this saying is non-exclusive, royalty-free, transferable, transferable, sub-licensable, like you can repost someone else's content on Pinterest and you can even change, you know, like when you go to post, you like mm-hmm. have the option to change the caption and you have the right to do that on Pinterest. What happens is as soon as you take whatever content that is off Pinterest, that's when you're infringing on copyright. So whether you're saving photos or you're downloading and putting things on your website or whatever it be, you can't do it. It has to, if you're on Pinterest, they're saying you're allowed to do what you want with that content that's posted from all of these users. You can do whatever you want on Pinterest, but it's bringing, um, bringing, oh my God, infringing on copyright, um, breaking copyright if you if you take it off. Yeah, guys, my favorite, Sean and I, were t- we were talking about this uh, before we were recording, and I know we've talked about this before, Shona, but my favorite mm-hmm. um, pin change of mine, it's one of my top pins. It's still my top referring pin to my website, and it is literally, it's just a, a seven-day minimalist challenge, and sometimes the odd one I'll go to, and I'll click on it, and it goes to a meatball recipe. Which is like, yeah, I know. so silly. Which is like, why? It's so, that's like the stupid clickbait stuff. It's like, no one's going to stay on your website. Like, I they want to so find a minimalist, like, uh, challenge. They don't want to go make meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like, my- I don't know. I, I, don't, I have no idea how that happened to you, but that's like the weirdest, like, link between image and what actual content. <laughs> they get out of it yeah I have no idea but it it always makes me laugh when I think of it <laughs> okay so let's talk about google images because sometimes um I've messaged people through dms who who've found my image and I mean you can't really unless you screenshot an image on instagram per se you can't really like save it like there's no like right click save option on your phone so I've been like where did I've asked people like where did you find this image and they've said oh well I just came across it on Google so I thought it was allowed. So let's talk about Google images and are they free to use. So if you actually go to a Google search and you click on any image on Google you'll notice under every single image where you see the like pixel size of the image it'll say and this is verbatim images may be subject to copyright. So they're already telling you if you take this image, you could be infringing on copyright. Um, And there's also like a find out more link. And if you click on that little find out more link next to where it says images may be subject to copyright, it'll bring you to another page on Google that will explain how images on Google are copyrighted um, and you can't just take them and download them. And in September of 2018, Google actually announced that they're gonna make it easier for people to um, find the creator of the work. So 
for most images, not all of them, but for most images next to the find out more link at the bottom that I just mentioned, there's an actual image credits link that you can now click that opens up like a separate little box that shows you the meta metadata. So it'll show you based on whoever created that image to begin with, um, who owns the rights. So it, they're trying to make it easier for you to th therefore contact that person to ask for permission to use the work. So they're, they're one trying to protect themselves because obviously they're this huge search engine that people use all the time and they basically like own the internet. Um, <laughs> but they're also, yeah, but they're, they're trying to make it easier for people to be able to follow these copyright rules. So they're saying here, here's the metadata or metadata that we have on these people, you go ahead and you try and find um, where, like where the image belongs to you and you ask for permission. So similar to the other places, they're not going to do the work for you. You need to make sure that you do it yourself. Exactly. And I mean, yeah. realistically, what you should be assuming anyways, is that all images that you find online are protected by copyright. Like I, whether or not, mm -hmm. you know, it's amazing that Google is doing that, but that still means you need to put that legwork in and you still need to do mm -hmm. your research and still need to get permission. It doesn't mean that you copy that link and put that link attached to something. You still have to get permission in order to use that content. And two of the things yeah. that we had mentioned previously, which was public domain and creative common license. So public domain, which means that you don't require permission to post. So you see that a lot mm -hmm. with like, there are some of those like free stock photo websites, which are public domain. Mm -hmm. Like there's a reason why it's literally a website of full of free stock photos. Um, I think you can actually even, you know, in like the advanced search on Google, you can search for non-copyrighted images. Yes, I believe as well. you can. Yeah. Um, so those ones, by all means, use them. Go for it. However, I will note they are extremely stock. Like they they look <laughs> like stock photos. Like there's no way to get around it. Um, yeah. Once you get into the public domain, a lot of the times, what you're left with is crap, yeah. and that's not to be. Like, I mean, it's being given away for free. So you can imagine no one is profiting off this. You're not going to get the best work when you go into the public domain. They're going to be, yeah, like stereotypical stock, stock yeah, photos. Yeah, people shaking hands and those like smiley, creepy faces. And I don't, we don't mean that in a rude way. It's just, it's a fact. That's, that's what stock photography is. Um, unless again, you're willing to pay for it. So the other one that we had mentioned previously was Creative Commons License, which is mm. similar um and you ba basically there's certain stipulations that um means that you can still download it but there's things that you have to follow in order to use it like certain steps for example like crediting crediting the author or maybe they you know need you to credit this specific site or whatever it is um you see that a lot on like was it Shutter, Shutterfly, Shutter. Uh, like Pixels, I think is one of those websites, or like it's basically any website where people can upload content that you can download for free without permission. But as soon as you click download, there's usually like a pop up that shows up being like, in order to use this, you need to credit. I think um, do you know the website Flaticon or Flat Icon or whatever it is, where people get like graphics it's the same yeah. thing on there so you're allowed to like download a graphic or like a, a vector image 
and you can either pay for it and you don't have to do anything um, in terms of crediting people. Or if you download it for free, there's usually a thing saying, if you download this for free, this is, these are the stipulations or the steps that you need to take in order to do that. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you want me to talk about Adam? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So um, interestingly, there is an artist on um, Instagram. He's a working artist in the United States called Adam J. Um, Kurtz, I believe is his name. You can find him on Instagram, Adam or at Adam JK. And he came out with like a reposting guideline. So this would kind of fall underneath the um, Creative Commons license, I guess. So he and he's cre- he's actually created it that you can use it without permission if you want to reuse this guideline for reposting your work. But he's stipulated on here that you're allowed to use his work for these points. So he goes to showcase the work itself. So if you're saying, I love this post by, he's saying you're allowed to use my work without permission if you do this. Also making sure that proper credit is given in the first two lines of the caption so that the opportunity for your followers to discover me and my work. So obviously he's an artist. He wants people to look at his work and by having a larger reach with people reposting, he's saying that's okay, but you have to do these things. So that's going to fall under creative commons. He also gives some stipulations as to when you cannot repost it. So you cannot repost if it's been edited in any way, if it implies any sort of partnership or endorsement, or if it's announcing a sale promotion or other businesses appear in the caption. So I just, I really liked this because it just gave the opportunity for people to not have to constantly bombarding him with emails to be like, Hey, can I, or like DMs being like, can I post this? Oh, it's so funny. Can I post this? Can I post this? He's saying, yes, you can. Here's how you can do it. You cannot do it if you're um, part of part of these. And then he even gives his email um, and partnership sponsored content, et cetera. If he's saying, he said, I'll, I will do it if it has a fun project with a healthy budget. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> but yeah, you guys should check that out because you, you can, if you want to share your work and you don't want to have to be bombarded with emails for people to be legally um, asking permission to use your content and not infringing copyright, you can create something like this yourself. Or he says that you can just use his as part of the public domain for the reposting guide. Oh, I love people like oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's quickly talk about fair use because um, this is where it gets a little confusing. So a lot of people think um, fair use means free use, which is like not the case whatsoever. Fair use is basically a legal exception to exclusive copyright. So we mentioned those four exclusive rights that copyright owners have. Um, fair use is an exception to those rights. So there's not a lot under fair use, um, but there are a few things that you you are allowed to do. And it, it has very little to do with what we as people think is fair and everything to do with keeping balance with public interest. So there's something called the fair use doctrine that's used um, to allow limited and reasonable use as long as the use does not interfere with the owner's rights or impede in the right to do work as they wish. So if you take something from them, um, and you do something with it and that it then impedes on on the original copyright owner's work, then it's not considered fair use. So basically, you are allowed to use content without permission. So anything that we mentioned before, written works, photographs, musical um, renditions, whatever it be, you're allowed to use it for these purposes. So if it's for private study, if it's for a review, research, criticism, news reporting, and the last one is educational institutions. So educational institutions specifically are covered under fair dealing, which means they can actually reproduce the work to teach it. Um, But other than those things, you are not allowed to use content without permission. You would be infringing on copyright. So you can actually change a work um, to create something called a transformative piece, but it has to be 
so different from the original that it's no longer recognizable. Um, but if you're, if you're worried about changing it or you're not really sure how, how much of a um, difference you need to make in the piece, then just play it safe and, and don't do it or ask permission first. So unless you're going to, I don't know, write a thesis on, on something that you're going to download or you're going to write a criticism about it. Um, there were, I actually had a conversation with a pretty well-known photo- like, um, band and concert photographer, mm-hmm. Richard Bland. And he, he took photos of Gord Downey and there's a very famous like photograph of Gord Downey holding his hat. He has like a toque on um, and it's the tragically hip kind of symbol on his toque um, that kind of resembles the uh, hockey. I think it's like the hockey logo. Anyways, um, that photograph was actually distributed all over the news when Gord Downey passed away, but because it's covered under fair use, I mean, not that not that Mr. Bland would want to do anything about it, but because it's covered under fair use, he would have no right to actually do anything about it, even though it was like on every single news channel, printed in the newspapers, whatever, because fair use therefore protects the rights of those people to use that image. Did he get like credited for it? Um, I think I think any of the news stations that knew that it was his, yes, he did get credit, but in fair use, you technically don't have to credit them necessarily because the news report was about Gord Downey's death. It was not about the photograph. So in that case, they don't have to, but um, I think most of them did. Yeah. But they're allowed to use it without asking him. That's, that's the difference with right. fair use. Mm-hmm. So um, hmm. we probably both have this happen, but why can't you change or edit works that you want to download to fit your own aesthetic? Let's discuss. <laughs> uh, well, then why the heck did I create it in the first place? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can talk about it from my standpoint. And this is something that I mentioned in that Instagram story that um, I wanted people to realize is like, I create work to a certain aesthetic to fit my brand. So when we create a brand, we don't only, it's not like we're just creating a logo. We create like the voice, the aesthetic, um, all of the like visuals, the colors we use, all of those things. Right, Jen? Yeah, it's a, it's quite an intensive process and there's always, uh, there's always like a story behind it, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's, it's never, you know, just like slap some lines together or a couple of words and call it a day, right? Like typically, for example, when we put a brand together, like we're talking weeks, if not months, to create a whole piece for someone in order for that brand to be representative of who they are and what their business represents and what their principles are. And I think that goes back to kind of what I was saying before, right? Like, editing changing and editing something for some for on editing something that someone else has spent so much time on and completely changing it to fit your aesthetic it's kind of well that's just rude but Mm -hmm. not to mention like when we put in a lot of work to create work that matches our own brand as soon as someone changes it even if our name is not attached to it, it and people can still recognize it as our image. It no longer fits our brand or our aesthetic of our work. Um, the other thing is if, if you do attach my name to it and you totally mm-hmm. change the work, either if you did a really good job, people are going to expect that of me when they want to hire me. 
Or they're going to look at that work if you didn't do such a great job and be like, that's not a great image. I don't want to hire that person. So you can't go ahead. First, Well, first of all, you can't take people's work to begin with without their permission, but you can't change it either because by doing that, you're impeding on, well, I'll talk about it in a sec, but you're impeding on the moral rights of, of the author or the creator of a work. So as much as you want to make something fit your color story, changing images to like have more of a green hue or a blue hue or whatever, you, you can't do that because as soon as you do, you're, inf you're infringing on copyright, but you're changing the branding of, of whoever created that work to begin with. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it feels gross. Yeah. I don't know. I have like a really like, it's obviously people, a lot of the times when it happens is people who don't understand what goes into creating like a creative work like that. And they, I mean, if you can slap an Instagram filter on anything, right? Like if you mm -hmm. change it, but um, you shouldn't. <laughs> like you, it, you can't do, do it, it, but you shouldn't do it. Okay, so moral rights. Um, basically, moral rights protect the author or creator of a work. So even if they sell their copyright, they still have something called moral rights. So this affects, um, or if, if the author's work is affected by their reputation, no other person is allowed to change or distort a work um, that could be harmful to the reputation of, of the author or the artist. So basically, if what you're doing is going to dishonor the reputation or the aesthetic of, of that author. Like I was saying before, if you, if you do not such a great job and you edit my work and now people are like, Oh crap, I don't like that work. Then you're going to be discrediting the reputation of the artist. Um, this rule even applies to people who have purchased the copyright. So even if you buy the copyright, the author, you still can't change the work because the, the author is covered under moral rights. Um, and in most situations where, where possible, it stipulates that if you use a work from someone, you have to um, credit the author's name with the work. Right. That makes sense. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jen, shouldn't a creative just be grateful that their work is getting recognized? I can't help it. I honestly can't help but laugh because this is something that was said to me and it's such a ridiculous statement that oh. me saying to you, I'm like, I'm sorry, I really don't mean it. But yeah, so shouldn't a creative just be grateful that their work is getting recognized? What no, do you think? Like, uh, shouldn't a creative just be grateful? I, I'm, I know I'm, I'm saying this for the third time, that, <laughs> that their work is getting recognized. I feel like that is, that's also basically saying to someone like well your work isn't good enough so you should just be happy that someone else is at least liking it and it's like yeah. I I think that's honestly that's insane that's like you people saying oh I'll pay you an exposure mm -hmm. and we've talked about how annoying that is before as creative businesses saying that expose you'll, you'll get exposure and I think that 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 sentence plays into everything we've talked about uh, grateful that their work is getting recognized is it really though not really basically all you're doing is sticking my name on something that you may have potentially changed that potentially mm -hmm. has nothing to do with my business and it might not even be in alignment with who you are as a business owner or what your principles are so really not who your ideal clients are. yeah like really mm -hmm. no I'm not grateful what I feel is bitter because you didn't even take a moment to even ask me if that's okay for you to 
repurpose my photo or my work or whatever it is that that is being what's quote unquote recognized and it's mm-hmm. what feels a lot better is when you start a relationship with someone and they connect mm-hmm. with you and tell you you know how much they like and appreciate the work and time you've put in something do you mind if they share it or however they they pose it to you but I think I think that sentence is just an is very is a very ignorant sentence shouldn't you just be grateful like who taught you who taught you what grateful means because that's a terrible sentence (laughs) I'm gonna like bring back the analogy of like a product only because sometimes I think with service based it's like more difficult for people to understand so for example if I went to a small business and took a t-shirt off their shelf put it on left and then they said, you know, it really wasn't cool that you just took that t-shirt for me. And I go, yeah, but like six people saw me wearing it. So shouldn't you just be grateful that people saw the t-shirt? Like, no, <laughs> you still took it. It doesn't really matter. Like, it, you still stole it if you don't. And then the other thing that I found really weird is someone were saying like, oh, well, by you addressing the fact that people are stealing your work, you, you could be like hurting people's feelings. Oh, my God. <laughs> just like... Oh, okay. Like I, I understand that sometimes when I speak, I'm a little bit more blunt, but like, if you don't want your feelings hurt, maybe don't steal and don't be ignorant to information that quite honestly is readily available all over the internet. So, I mean, just do your due diligence and research and make sure you don't make silly statements because it can, one, it can come back to bite you in the butt. Like we said before, if you're using things that are copyrighted and you, you're not doing it properly, but also, some people just call you out on it, and uh, people don't like being called out. So I think that there plays into the whole stigma too of like, shouldn't a creative almost saying is like the the value isn't isn't there, like, mm-hmm. and this again can go for a product based company as well. But it's almost like saying that you know when people come at you because your prices are a certain way like basically they're like well it's not worth that much or it's not worth anything so you should just be grateful and it's like no it's no different like Mm -hmm. one of the best things I've learned is that like I have something that I can offer people and it's the same for you like you have something that you can offer someone through photography and whatever it is in your business like no matter what industry you're in like you have something that you can offer to someone Otherwise, why are you in business? And it's like to someone mm-hmm. else, you are valuable to certain people. Like you yeah. do offer a value. And I think that's important to note because that sentence, shouldn't a creative just be grateful? No, because there's probably a lot of people who appreciate and need what we're offering. Offering, And so, yeah, there is a value there. And I can be great. There are a lot of reasons mm-hmm. I'm grateful and you stealing it is not one of them. (laughs) I'd also state like creative businesses make money to run their business and also to support themselves and their family, like through creating creative, I can't even say creative (laughs) like seven times through creating things for people through service. So like if you go ahead and take that and you circulate it wherever the heck you want, I now could potentially be losing out on clients if people just think that they could take 
anything right. they see yeah. on the internet. You know what I mean? So it's not just a matter of like being grateful, but you're not only stealing from me, but you're stealing from potential clients and business that I could be getting. So <laughs> no, no, the answer is just uh, no. no. <laughs> Okay, Jen, this is a really, really long podcast, so we need to wrap this up. (laughs) So in summary, um, what to think about before using copyrighted images. So the first one is, do you understand what fair use is? If you don't understand what fair use is, research it, because there are certain instances that you can use a copyrighted work without permission. However, it needs to follow um, or fall under the fair use doctrine. Um, You should or just rewind this podcast and yeah, listen you, again. You can do that. You can read the law. It's up to you, wherever you want to find it, but inform yourself. The other one is, um, do you understand what Creative Commons is um, in public domain? So if you if you don't, then you need to make sure that you do that. You want to continue, Jen? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, why are you using the works and have you changed or altered it in any way? So I think those two are, and also where, where did you find the work? I think those three are really, really important to consider before um, you even consider taking an image. Um, oh my gosh, this one too. Four, four reasons. All of these are clearly really important because it's in summary. Um, <laughs> have, you, have you asked permission to use it and do, or do you own a license? So have you reached out? And again, like, We've mentioned a few different ways that you can reach out and ask if it's okay. Um, it takes a, a few moments. And if you're planning your content in advance, my assumption is, is that you have a couple of days to wait. Um, and are you willing to have your site taken down or kicked off of the social media platform? And I think that's that's key really here, guys, because... There's a lot of really negative things that can happen. If you rely on social media for your business, for whatever it is that you're doing on social media or a website, and you're doing it improperly and you've been reported a handful of times, maybe it could even be one, depending on what it is, like you could potentially lose complete access to your audience. Is it really worth that just by screenshotting or, or copying a photo? Probably not. Yeah, no. Let's be honest. I think the impact of not abiding by copyright laws is way more hurtful than it is just to take a couple seconds, ask for permission, or take the time, plan in advance, and have 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 content created for you. Um, And again, like. I mean, shameless plug, you can hire Shona or myself or find someone, find someone that you can, you know, connect with, you can even get together with it. a friend. You can even do it through certain collaborations. Like sometimes photographers or like content creators will want to collaborate with you. You just got to put it out there. Yeah. Or get together with a friend. Yeah. You know, like that's what I've done that countless times. I have a girlfriend who her and I get together and we'll just take photos together mm-hmm. or, you know have a fun photo shoot day, whatever. Like it's, yeah, whatever it is. Think about it. Mm -hmm. That's all we're asking. Mm -hmm. Kind of throw ignorance out the window. Think about what you're doing when it comes to posting photos or copying photos, regardless of where it's from on the web. Mm -hmm. Just think about it. Yep. Because you're impacting, you're impacting other people and yourself. So 
Okay, so we're gonna wrap it up there because <laughs> we're, we're very happy if you went through all of that jargon, legal jargon with us and made it all the way through to this mm-hmm. recording. It's an important one. It probably isn't the most um, amusing or fun to listen to, but we think that as creative businesses, it's, it's important for us to cover what copyright means, um, how you should be using work and how you shouldn't be using work. So there you go. That's it for episode 16 of the Nitty Gritty Podcast, talking about copyright. And we were so happy that you were able to join us this week. Yeah, thanks for hanging hanging out and for holding out for this episode for a couple months. <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye, guys. That's all for this week's podcast, Jen Gall and Shona Hutchings. Tune in next week for more Nitty Gritty.